Hurting Her Story is proudly sponsored by the Florida Cattlemen's Foundation. The Florida Cattlemen's Foundation is dedicated to sustaining a viable ranching industry in Florida through the development of future leaders. The Foundation Board is committed to raising and distributing funds for a wide variety of projects in the areas of research in the cattle industry, educational programs, leadership development programs, and the heritage and historical projects such as the ranching exhibit housed at the Florida State Fair and their signature event of the Florida Ranch Rodeo State Finals and Heritage Festival. Hurting Her Story is also proudly sponsored by Dale and Beth Carlton and family. We thank them for their support and commitment to a sustainable Florida by investing in the future generation. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mary, if you don't recognize my voice by now. And my name is Gina. And we are here with Miss Iris Wall of Indian Town, Florida. Welcome, Miss Iris. You are my lady legend, that's for sure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we, uh, we're really excited to have you joining us today. I know you have a lot of stories to tell. I grew up hearing some of those stories. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. Very true. Do you remember sitting on your back porch at High Horse Ranch singing those Gene Autry songs at those oh, cracker yeah. gatherings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember all the songs. <laughs> a lot of people know you. Um, you're very well known in our in our industry for obvious reasons, and you definitely are a big lady legend to me. But for those of you who are tuning in that might not know a lot about Miss Iris, we'll give mm. a little background. Okay. Um you're born in 1929, is that right. correct? Making you 94? 94, be 95 this year. Wow. This November. Mm -hmm. Spry as ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell a little bit of difference. <laughs> I could usually jump and run, but I, if I jump, i got to wait a minute for a run. <laughs> I mean, I could say the same thing, and I'm on the <laughs> But let's talk a little bit about what was it like. I mean, you've seen a lot of changes being yes, 94 years old, so... Yes, you grew up in Indian Town. You've been here all your life. So, what was it like growing up? Well, it you know it it was like a big family, really. Just everybody felt like they were kin, whether they were or not. Mm -hmm. And you, if a person was an older person, you always called them aunt or uncle. You never said just their name. If they had a title, you called them that. But you. you they felt responsible for you. Before Hillary Clinton ever said any, it takes a village to raise a child, we were practicing it in Indian Town. <laughs> wherever you, if you stepped out of line, no matter where you were, <laughs> you were corrected. Yes, ma'am. In a hurry. <laughs> and it's just a typical small town. That's why I love it. I live, exa I live exactly where I want to. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> exactly where I want to. Same house, 50 years and plus. And uh, people that I know, um, generations of them, we start trying, if we see, if this kid comes to me and say, hey, Miss Iris, well, I try to say, are you this one's son or that one's son? Or <laughs> trying to <laughs> place them? We come, yes, yeah. all the way back, all the <laughs> way back for um, generations, you know, that uh, we know them and know their family. And, and um, Indian Town, it grew up around a church. A, ch a church was a 
focal point of the community of the community mm -hmm. and you know if we used to have revivals and things like that they don't have that much anymore but they used to mm -hmm. and everybody everybody come mm -hmm. you know everybody come if someone was sick it, it was never a question of hiring a visiting nurse they just took care of each other yeah you know, they just You're surrounded yeah, yeah i can remember my grandma uh when Miss Slay had Myrtle, and Myrtle's an old old lady like to me today, but <laughs> went and Grandma went and she stayed and stayed, and I, I said to Grandpa, well, when is Grandma coming home? And he said, well, Phyllis is sick. Said she had a little trouble with the baby and said, and Grandma's got to stay with her till she gets better. <laughs> but yeah. it was, you know, it was just a way of life for us. And in some in some ways, a lot of ways, it's still the same. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. It is, very much so. Uh, the preacher said that in church, he said, everybody in town knows Miss Harris. And they call me Miss W.W. Tell our listeners why uh, they call you Miss W.W. Because w. that's the lumberyard. Was, that's what the name of the lumberyards. Because when we first started in business, we were in business with Jack Williamson. And so we decided we'd call it W&W. And w. And Walls then, and Williamson. Uh, yeah. In three years, Homer bought Jack out. Mm -hmm. So we just kept the W. He said, honey, you can be the other W. Aww. <laughs> We just kept the W. We kept both, the, both Ws. Right. So what? tell us a little bit about your childhood as far as growing up, you know, what you did. We come from a cow hunting family. We've always had cattle. No matter what we've done for a living, we always had cattle. Mm -hmm. And they called, when they called them cow hunters, that was a good name for the people at that, because you had to hunt your cattle. You were actually it's hunting a, them. You had to <laughs> hunt them. <laughs> and because for one thing, you know, uh, the, the, at that point, there was a no-fence law, and that means that uh, if you hit a cow, you had to pay the man. That you, you had to pay for the cow. But the railroad, somebody told me, as I was growing up, we got tired of paying too much money for them little old cracker cows. So yeah. they put in this law that said you had to fence your land. And so then my daddy went in the fence post business. And okay. he sold he sold to the Durances and, and the Pierces and all all the big cattlemen. They saved and saved their money and bought their land, but we didn't. And we've just always leased land. Mm -hmm. And then we Homer got a chance to buy this little old ranch that we have it's only 1200 acres but it's just right for me it's just right for me i have about 200 cows and i look at them and i know cab butts has worked for me since he was 14 years old Aww. and he uh, he brings the crew mm -hmm. and they i stand there by him and we decide what we're going to sell you know i can still climb over the fence which is at 94, the kids sometimes they'll say, Grandma, we'll help you. I said, no, don't help me till I just have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about what you named the ranch and why you named uh, it that. We uh, Johnny runs a hotel for me. We own the old Seminole Inn, and we've owned it three different times. And this last time, she told her dad she'd run it to the end. And so she has stayed there, and she said she took people out to the ranch and showed them the woods and things like that, and gave them a little talk and all. And she said, Mom, we got to name this ranch. She said, it sounds stupid. The <laughs> place out on 710. She said, we need to name this ranch. 
And I thought for a minute, and I said, well, your daddy said that there was no worse position in the world than to have to crawl down off your high horse. So we've been careful to never crawl on that high horse. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, we'll just name the ranch that. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Going back to talking about when you were a kid. From the time that I was, I rode back of them until I got big enough to hold the reins. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we went every day. Every day we went in school, we counted. Mm-hmm. And because those are the years, all during those uh, late, real late 30s and early in the 40s, the, the screwworms just infested the cattle in, in the state of Florida. Every single solitary calf that was born got screwworms in its navel. Man. Wow. And that and navel that would swell up and just drip blood like that. Mm. And you had to rope every single calf in Doctrine. Right. Because after they were born, they, that was the thing that attracted the, the uh, screw worm. And, you, and our dad would uh, rope the calf. Then me and June would doctor him. Mm-hmm. And he would try to keep the cow off of us. While, yeah. we, while we doctored them. <laughs> the mama, she wanted that to, mad mama yeah, cow. <laughs> she, she wanted her uh, piece of it, and she would uh, fight us. But we, we, and or anything that got blood on it. If see, in those days, you had to mark your cow because we, like, if you saw a cow way over there, you might not be able to see the brand. But when she throws her head up like that, you can see the see mark. that ear, and you can tell if that's your cow or not. Mm-hmm. You know? So everybody marked. But, you know, today I don't mark my cattle because they're in the fence and uh, they uh, I don't need to cut their ear because right. I, they, I, I know them. <laughs> I know them. But in those days, now my daddy was good. He We had our cattle in with the basses in Okeechobee. Okay. Uh, well, Uncle Quinn, the old daddy of all of them, mm-hmm. is who we had our cattle with. And he, uh, their girls didn't cow hunt, but they were good to us. I mean, they were good to us. Mm-hmm. They looked out after us. And our daddy might ride on past 12 o'clock, but they'd say, you ready to eat? <laughs> yeah, they'd stop. That's and, important right That's there. important to them. And they <laughs> knew it was important to us kids, too. And they would uh, do that. J.C. and Elwin is the same age I am. Okay. And, uh, you know, Elwin's passed on, but J.C.'s still alive. So I bet that. So you were all you were all, like old brothers. You were right. you were always with the the boys, cow yeah, hunting and everything. Yeah, did, yeah, I mean, no other girl. All, no, did no all your other girls? Did all your friends? Were all your girlfriends sewing? Well, and be, and I only be, you know I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. Uh, Wanda Conrad from Okeechobee. Her husband was one of the very first flying game wardens <laughs> okay. that uh, uh, the state of Florida had. Right and. Uh, I always tease, uh, Ethan's got two friends that are game wardens, and I said, oh, honey, I wish you had a different profession. It's hard for me to like a, like a game warden. They laugh. Well, but, you grew up gator hunting. And, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <so. laughs> that was our bitter enemy, the game warden. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord. But Wanda was my best friend, and she's in the nursing home over in Okeechobee now. I go over and see her. She, she has uh, bad arthritis, and she give in to it too soon. And when you give in, when he who lays stays. 
with that arthritis. You hadn't stopped yet. <laughs> no, no, I still keep chugging. <laughs> still keep chugging. Well, you seem to have a life full of love for the land and the I wildlife. Do. I and, do. But we we also want to touch on, I know it's so special to you, your your love affair with Homer. And we've mentioned Homer oh, yeah. a little bit throughout oh, yeah. the episode so far. So tell our listeners about Can who Homer mean, is to Homer you. was the handsomest guy in Mark County High School. Why in the world people would think, good Lord, why does he love that different <laughs> has such a temper and uh, everything else in the world but you know something <laughs> if the chemistry is not there it's not there but That's if it is sure. it's there oh yeah and I never really liked anybody else in, in my whole lifetime romantically but Homer and I was crazy about Homer mm. and he loved me in the same devoted way believe it or not That's he did. really special. <laughs> and uh, a girl interviewed him uh, she was a lady Johnny ran into her recently and she bought us a copy of the of the interview that she had with him, oh. and uh, he said in there, they said, uh, they asked him what what was the last book he read. He said, well, he doesn't read much. He said, I read and tell him what to say. <laughs> and he, uh, he uh, reads the Bible. If he's got any time, he reads the Bible. Right. And uh, they, he said, they said, who's your hero? And he said, well, I'd have to say my wife, Iris, because he says she stuck with me through thick and thin. All the way we lived down, you know, we lived down there in the Everglades. When Daddy first started in the post business, Homer went to work for him. Okay. And he uh, he would get, uh, he would cut 200 posts a day, and we saved, you know, we lived, camped out there and had no electricity, no water, no nothing. And my baby was three months old, and I went straight into Everglades from Immokalee. Oh, wow. And our post camp was was out there and we lived there five years wow i cannot imagine raising a kid with no electricity three, three months no water. three months so when we went out there wow. and you know she was the toughest little thing you ever seen you know they used to make these orange crates out of wood well i'd made her the nicest little bed in that orange crate you ever <laughs> seen your life we'd get on that old model a and go out there where he was going to cut yeah. sometime he went as far as so choppy we and we i'd put her under a tree and one day we come up on this uh, animal, it, it was a, a deer, it looked like, it was half eaten. And Homer said, a panther probably called him. And I said, oh, Lord, I better go back and get my child. Oh. <laughs> I run back over there, and I just moved her up with me wherever I was. I moved her. I, I wasn't going to take no chance. And we'd cow oh hunt. We'd put our cattle in there, and they, was, they could go all the way to Bonita Springs. Wow. So you hunted. Right, you, absolutely. And uh, so I had them two, then I got pregnant while I was down there and had Johnny. Yes. Two, Terry was two years and eight months old when I had Johnny. When I would put my slicker over the front of the saddle, just lay it on there like that and make them a little bed. Just lay him down there and go to sleep right on that horse's on back. On your horse. Oh <laughs> we would just ride all day long and they they'd just... You know, they would just be with you. They'd just be with me. Yeah. And I'd give them a, a, a you know, I, 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 in my saddle pockets, I'd have something for them to eat, you know, and this, that, and the other. And they'd just lay there, sleep. They learned to sleep just as good as if it was an ice crib. But you know something, that camp, you think about this. It, uh, Homer uh, nailed me a cypress post up there. 
and put me some nails in it. And I just hung my pots. See, if you cook on the wood stove, you don't never get smut on your pot or nothing like that because it's, you know, it's just that mm -hmm. flat iron. And uh, I would hang those pots up there, clean them, rake all the dirt in one way so it it would look clean. Right. You know, all Because nice you're cleaning. Clean. <laughs> and I was just as happy then Aww. as I've been in. I've had everything and I've had nothing. And it, it what things is not important. Yes, ma'am. It's not important. If you're with somebody you love and you're, you're happy where you are, you know, I've just always been said, when we went in the lumber business, I just worked right beside him. And Eva was six months old. She's 60 now. And he she was six months old when we started mm -hmm. the first lumber yard. I would get up in the morning and I'd go to the lumber yard, and I would work. Oh, and Homer would sell lumber, and he'd take the baby with him. And he'd take Dang some, right he he'd take some cokes and stuff. Yeah. And he would he would work during the day, but he'd be home. He'd be back at the lumber yard by three o'clock. When they got out of school, I didn't want them to come home and nobody be at home. Right. So, and we lived just a block from the school. So they just walked right over there to the house, you know. We we managed all them years like that, and, and they grew up. I said Eva was weaned on nuts and bolts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they always laugh about them knowing so much about the lumberyard. It's kind of strange for a girl, you know. But Lord, they said they never ever. They said they were the only children in the United States that had to go and look at lumber yards on their vacation. Oh, <laughs> their daddy wouldn't pass a hardware store. But what do you want to go in there and look? And Don't see. want to make a pit stop. So we're going good. to the lumber yard. <laughs> yeah. And he knew more about where Home Depot bought their stuff than Home Depot did. Yeah, <laughs> and he'd get his would be a little bit cheaper. Oh, and yeah. he, he was quite the businessman. He was. He, the Lord just, he, he he always put God first, always. God blessed everything he did. It didn't make a difference what it was. It, right. It, uh, he blessed him. And we, you know, everything that we are or have comes from him. I realize that. You know, he, he provides us strength and, and he provides. And when you just commit your life to him, he, he means good to you. And and you know he he's just been good to me, yes, really good to me. Yes, I, yes I, Everything I've ever needed, you know. If I have something I need doing, the first thing you know, somebody shows up here and, and does it. <laughs> <laughs> they mow my pasture. They, uh, I got the best cattleman in the world. He uh, he's just a good old gentle man, and he works cattle just like I do. You know, these new ones, are they're a little bit different. A little spicier. Yeah, and they start, they they, they think different than we do. Yes, ma'am. You know, we we um, we didn't have all this help, all this stuff. And we had to, just, that cow man I got, he, he was just, he'll just piddle around real slow and do anything he's got to do. <laughs> and, and that's important. I heard a, an old cowman tell me one time that dealing with women is kind of like dealing with the old Brammer cow. Yeah. You don't push her too hard. You just kind of stay back and shoo her one way and shoo her another way. And eventually, after a while, you'll get her After a while, you'll get her. That's the truth. That's the <laughs> truth. And they don't want to do that. They want to go the 
quickest, shortest way. Yeah. <laughs> These Which young, makes young it a lot longer do. in the yes, end. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. You know, I said that uh, uh, when Homer, see, when Homer passed away, we had a thousand head of cattle and we had them, we leased 250,000 acres. So we had a big wow. place. We had a big I place. didn't realize it was and that big. It was very big. And we, we, uh, it was too much for me. You know, yeah. it would come time for me to cow hunting and half of them wouldn't come. Right. You know, and then I'd have to get these kids that wasn't worth five cents. <laughs> and, and it was just, you know, it was just trouble all the time. And uh, finally, we we lost the lease. And uh, I said, you know, we own that 1,200 acres. That's ours. Which is high horse. And that's a high horse. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm just going to move. I'm going to save me 250 head of the best ones I've got. Mm-hmm. And so that day that we started to move them. Now, they'd never been. They'd been in this pasture all their life. You know, they'd never, and they come with those old two-decker butt semis. semis, and they were scared to death, you know. <laughs> well, and it was raining. Of course it was. And I was crying. That, that didn't help none. And finally, one of them boys said, Miss Iris, go on home. Said, we'll give these cows. <laughs> I had already picked out the ones I wanted to say it, save, yeah. you know. He said, Miss Iris, go on home. Said, we'll work these cows. But, uh, you know, it's they don't like to work for women. And you got to make them think that they thought of it. Oh yeah, that you want them. That is true. <laughs> you, you, if you, you probably know if you work on a ranch. Yes, ma'am. You have to, you have to be smarter than they are. <laughs> oh yeah. In order to get it, but I love, I love the woods, and, and you know, I, that old truck of mine. I just get in that thing, and Eva, she, she says, "Mom, it's so embarrassing." There's our mother. Riding around town in that old raggedy darn truck with a a hat that's forty years old on her head, and said, "Here we come in a darn forty thousand dollar truck." <laughs> and I said, "She said, I know people say them darn kids of viruses that they, you know, it's just a shame." And I said, "I don't care what they say; it don't make a bit of difference to me." I said, "I'm not going to get no new truck because." If two bulls is fighting, I run into them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if, uh, you so... know, if I back into a cabbage tree, I don't get too excited. <laughs> get out the best way I can. But if I had a new truck, you understand, I, yeah. I would hate it. Yes, ma'am. It, it hurt a little bit more. Yes, it would. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm not going to. No darn $40,000 truck. I'm not going to back into run into no bull with it. Because the next thing he does is he runs into you. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, you don't make, you don't scare him. <laughs> and they continue the fight just as quick as you get out of the way. It's amazing to me how bulls, they don't get over it. No. They just keep it up all day long. They'll fight some of them all day long. Oh, yeah. Men. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Males. <laughs> but I will say this. They've been good to me. They have these old boys. I'm grandma to ever old cowboy in the state of Florida. <laughs> I run into them everywhere. <laughs> They're so good to me. That, uh, uh, Chuck Michael. Yeah, he he uh, he got they got the logs. His daddy had a sawmill, and he got, they got the logs when they built Cape Canaveral. Okay. Out of that swamp. Uh huh. And they made four tables, 
and he insisted on giving me one of them. And I, I said, son, give this to your family. This is a, a thing that, yeah. you know, that you, I want you to have it, Miss Iris. And I never would come get it because I felt bad. I, I was embarrassed to go to his, <laughs> go there to get that table because he, but he just, one day he showed up with a darn table here. And I called Lamar, me and Chuck went to the woods and I called Lamar and I said, uh, I mean, called Ethan and I said, Ethan, uh, unload that table that's up there. And he called me up and he said, Grandma, Samson couldn't unload this table. <laughs> <laughs> this thing weighs a ton. And I uh, and it is it's it, and he made it out of those logs. Wow! Those logs. But you definitely mean so much to so many people, and I think we'd like to share. You shared this with us this this morning before we started recording, but we'd love to share this to our listeners. This is a letter that Patrick Smith, who mm-hmm. wrote you, who's the author of A Land Remembered, and mm-hmm. I will read it to our listeners. Actually, you tell our listeners a little bit of backstory behind this letter. Well, he, whenever I won that woman, of the, when they uh, gave me that award for woman of the year. The Florida's woman of the year in agriculture? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I I was in the kitchen here and we just got to talking and it, it, about people we knew, you know, and this, that, and the other. And I didn't even know it was Patrick Smith. And then finally I went out on the back porch and I sat down and we continued the conversation. And after a while I said, who'd you say you were? <laughs> he said, Patrick Smith. I said, really? <laughs> I said, and you'd been talking to him for yeah, an, hour an hour and a half. And and, and so I, I in, in the course of the conversation, I told him about the little stories I'd wrote about growing up here in Indian Town. You right. know? And uh, so then he wrote me this letter. The letter says, Dear Iris, thanks for all the things that you sent. I really enjoyed the film, the essay on the Cracker Cattle and the Cracker Tales. When I read your Cracker Tales, I let out a big wow. The things you have done in your lifetime. You have a warehouse full of memories, and I've always believed that memories are worth more than gold. I hope the day comes when I'm well enough to travel again and we can get together for a bull session. I bet we could talk the horns off of a billy goat when it comes to memories of times past and the way things used to be. Take care and thanks again. Patrick Smith. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. I've always liked the old thing. He's just as common as, you know, was. (laughs) And every time I'd be somewhere where he was, you know, I had had several conversations with him. But I sure didn't know I was talking to him, and I'd talked I already talked an hour and a half about everybody we knew, <laughs> cow hunting and this, that, and the other. And see, now he wasn't raised a cowboy, right? He and he told me that when he, he said that when he went down there to the reservation, he had all that about the Indians, you know, that Indian and all. In the book. In the book, mm-hmm. and he said. Uh, that he went down to there for two years, and he said they wouldn't even look at him. He they wouldn't say one word or even look at him. And he said, and all at once, one of the old ones began to talk to him one day down there. Wow. And then pretty soon they accepted him. But that's the way they are. If they, you know, uh, they won't give you an inch if they if they don't like you. That's it. Well, they have every. Reason right. to be that be, way. I know that's right. Yeah. Cause see, when I was growing up, we didn't think so well of the Indians. 
and Grandma had an old store here in Indian Town. She uh, sold everything in the world. You know how they did. They sold material and horse and oats. And that's the only kind of horse feed they had was oats. Mm-hmm. I never heard of sweet feed until I was grown. <laughs> <laughs> or corn. We just fed ours oats. I don't know. It's a different. It's a different world. It's the truth. Well, that's interesting. You say growing up, it was a different mindset, and mm-hmm. we're in your house, we're in your home right now, and you have a award on the wall from the from the tribe. Mm-hmm. That's an appreciation award mm-hmm. that they. I don't know if they've ever given that before or not. I've never seen it before. Have you? I have not, no ma'am. But that either. doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, I've never heard of uh, heard of them given. They're not people that. Uh, they're not award people much. They're very, they're who they are. Yes, ma'am. And you either like them or you don't. And they don't change one bit in the world. <laughs> we got laughing at that, at that audio cell when she was here. She, she said, I, I said, you know, they sing the same song in Seminole at the offering. And they take up the offering. In any church you go to, on the, either reservation, Brighton or... or uh, Big Cypress. Mm-hmm. They uh, they do the same thing. They sing this same song. So I met this teacher down there, and I said, can you write me that song in phonics so I can understand it? She said, oh, yes, yes, I can do that. I said, well, write it for me. So I practice, and I practice, and I practice. And they come to eat supper with me, a whole bunch of them. <laughs> oh, God, they said, uh, uh, <laughs> it was the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. They, uh, uh, they... Oh, I said to him, I said, now you all just sit real still. I said, I'm go- I got a surprise for you. <laughs> and you've been practicing this song? And, oh, yeah, I got that <laughs> that thing out, and I went to singing, and they fell out laughing. And you know they don't never really laugh. Suddenly they laughed, rolled on the floor, and they laughed and laughed. They said, don't never try to speak Seminole Mission. No. Oh, God, that was so darn funny. <laughs> I, I was so proud of myself that I'd learned the offering song. And <laughs> oh, I said, Lord. please don't try. But I'm sure it meant something, too. I mean, yeah. just the same. You put yeah, because they loved me. They, <laughs> one day they called me to Seminole Inn, and they said, uh, one of his names is uh, Sam Sammy Gopher was his name, and uh, they uh, called me from the hotel, and they said, Miss Iris, there's a, a, a big Indian up here, and said, he wants to see you, and I said, well, what does he want? They said, he won't say nothing. They said, he's been here for hours, and he won't say nothing, and I said, well, Lord have mercy, he must want something. They said, well, he, he, he said nothing, so I get on my clothes and go up there, and I get and 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 here's old Sammy Gopher, and uh, so I sit down there with him, and he eats dinner, and I pay for his dinner, and we we just talk and laugh, and finally we run out of stuff to talk about. I couldn't think of nothing else to say, <laughs> and uh, he it was it was so darn funny. I said, Sammy, are you going somewhere? He said, Here. I said. Are you coming to see me? Are you on your way? <laughs> Are you on your way somewhere else? And he said, here. <laughs> and so I thought, well, God, what in the world am I going to do with him? <laughs> You're like, what do I do next? <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, he said, I, uh, 
after a while, I said, Sammy, you want to go out and look at the cows? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, all them old Indian men, they have a caregiver, and it's always a young girl. And she was with him, and he stayed all day long. He didn't get, it, they, it was getting dark when they went home. Mm-hmm. And he'd come to see me, and that's just the way they are, you know. They just wanted think, to see you. Betty Mae Betty May Jumper would call me up, and she'd say, uh, she would say, I come to see you. I come to see you. And I say, when you coming, Betty? Soon. <laughs> How long are you going to stay? Oh, I don't know. Maybe one week, maybe two, maybe not none. She was just going to figure it out when she got here. <laughs> she just said, there's something. They got a different disposition than we do. And you can see where they would have. We treated them like dogs, and it was their country. Absolutely. They were here way before us. That's right. I, I like them, I'll tell you. That Betty made me and her was good, good friends. One time... She'd been off to two or three big, she'd been to the folk festival and all kinds of things. And she had the raggedest old car I've ever seen in my life. And she'd come by here and we opened the trunk and it was slammed full of money. I never <laughs> seen so much money in my life as was in there. And I said, my gosh, Betty May, I said, don't you know it's dangerous for you to drive around with all this money in the car? She said, they look at this old car, they think she ain't got no money. Oh. <laughs> it's very dangerous. I told her that. She she was something else. She called uh, one time. She called me, and she said that uh, they were. Uh, she rung the phone, and she, if she gets excited, uh, you know she's dead now. But she was the only woman they ever had that was the chairman of the Seminole tribe, and uh, she they all revere her and love her. But she and she she. Uh, was she wanted to tell me that her husband, that her first cousin had died, and that was the last cousin she had, and she she wanted to tell me this stuff. But when she lapsed into the Seminole, I thought it was a drunk Mexican calling me. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, and I so I hung up on her, <laughs> and in just a few minutes, it's two forty five in the morning. And and so she she calls me again. And I hang up on her. She it latches into it again, and I hang up on her. And finally, when the third time when she rung, she said, "Betty May, Betty May." <laughs> oh Lord! I said, "Betty May, what in the world are you calling me at this time of night for?" And she said, "Mary Bowers died, my last first cousin." But what I was going to tell you about them. If they like you, they're very good friends. They, they, you can't do no wrong in their side. But if they don't like you, they won't say one word to you. Not one word. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I love, love to mess with them. I love to listen. I look, when uh, Old Wonder was the pastor, he couldn't preach for the flip, but I'd go over there once in a while to hear them because just to... See them just to know. see them, yeah. Well, they come to see you quite often, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, they they used to come when they do now, they're dying off. <laughs> see, Sammy's dead, and Wonder's dead, and and uh, Willie Jones is dead, Stanlow Stanlo Jones is dead, you know. Billy Joe's the only one of that bunch that's left, mm. so they're going off the old ones are, that I knew, right? Real yes, good are, are dying off. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from one of our sponsors. All Florida is an authentic conservation group. 
They show up and speak on behalf of the things we all care about. Woods, water, wildlife, and our way of life. To check out how you can get involved, visit allfla.org. That's A-L-L-F-L-A dot O-R-G. So how did you balance managing High Horse Ranch while also being a mother to three girls? Well, my girls were grown. Uh, all of them were married by the time Homer passed away. When you're a country uh, mama, then you, you help to raise the next generation and the next generation. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. As far as my three girls, I helped them with their children, you know, but they, they were all... Uh, they were all grown, and I told you that when we bought this land, he bought each one of them five acres, so they built homes right all around out here, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't let pop up. And then they, in turn, through the years, they bought their kids five acres. So That's neat. This old guy went to New York, he brought us back a, a great big sign that said, Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Wall Street of Indians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wall Street. Do you have any advice, young people trying to get into the industry? The main thing they need to realize is humility. They're not the most important people on earth. They need to um, realize that uh, they make errors. And they they yes, need sir. to be thankful. I think that they ought to be respectful of older people. For sure. A lot of times they don't want to hear it, you know. And they think they know everything, and they, they really don't. Uh, a lot of times age will give you some advice that really, really, you look back on it and you see that it was right. Yes, ma'am. That, that they, they knew what they was talking about. And, uh, you know, but I, you know, I tried to teach our boys, I tried to teach them to respect women, not to hit them. It doesn't make any difference what they do. Don't hit. Don't hit. Mm-hmm. Do anything you want. But, you can argue, but don't hit. Mm-hmm. And I also taught them to be uh, to to be people that kept their word. Don't be saying you'll do something when you can't do it. It's better to just wait and be sure you can do it. And then when you give your word, do it what you something. say. You'll, do what you say you'll do. Yes, and I think that's important important for kids today. But you know they're smart, but the the TVs raised too much in their life because it, kids you think that lives in these apartments it's one apartment right after the other both parents have to work to pay that pay for that apartment because it costs today rent sometimes is two thousand dollars a month yeah. yes ma'am and people can't just they can't pay it so you you know they they I, don't they, I think the TV has such an influence on them and it is not realistic. Uh, for instance, I had I got this friend. They own an air conditioned business in Stewart, and they had they had a little old boy that was the same age of one of ours, mm-hmm. that, uh, and of Caleb. We went out in the woods, and you know he was he thought he could fly like the like these cartoons and and stuff, and Caleb just looked at him like he was a, you know Caleb said what is wrong with that kid. And he, Caleb wasn't about four or five years old himself. And I said, son, he's looked at too much TV. They they don't know real reality. And you know, the 15-year-olds are just shooting people for no, uh, they don't even have, they're not their enemy or nothing. Yes, ma'am. They just shoot them. And I think it's because they've looked at so much fantasy. 
that they can't that they can't understand reality. Yeah. Yes, and, ma'am. But country kids are not that much. You know, they live out, and they don't, they don't usually they got something to do. They've either got a hog they're feeding or something. You know, they they usually have a horse or something. I think it's important for a lot of listeners to to hear and a valid point to make that life on the farm you learn a lot of life lessons and responsibility and you did that you don't get reality you know you face reality you see death what it is the horse don't get up yes ma'am daddy's dead right and you know they i don't i think that some of you can tell you can look at them on tv and you can see that it seemed like they, they they they're not facing reality. They are not facing reality. You know, and kids, you know, used to, we had to work. You know, we had to help our parents. They couldn't have got by without it. Well, they grew their later labor. Yeah. They didn't yeah. pay for it. Yeah. That's true. That's honest truth. And uh, and that therefore they raised better kids. They knew absolutely. They 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 know they keep their word and they they're honest and. They work hard for a day, you know. It, uh, I think our, our whole nation has got away from the fact that used to, everybody went to church. The daddy went, the mother went, the whole bunch went, and they don't do that anymore. And, uh, you know, you'd be surprised at the people that say to me, they say, well, he's such a good man. If there was a heaven, I know he's going there. And I feel like saying to him, no. He can be the best man in the world. Salvation comes from accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Yes, ma'am. You have to say, I'm a sinner. If you, if you don't ever realize that, that you're lost, you can't be found. And he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know, you see such terrible things. That cab I told you about that worked for me since he's 14 years old. He had a little old girl. She was, she was just like me. She was just a little old road frat. And she was a cow hunter and just rude. And she'd come out. They was practicing out here one afternoon. Come out of a shoot out there at Bob Blind's house. And hit her right in the chest like that. And <clears throat> split that A artery right into him. Oh, she said, Dad, I can't breathe. That's on the word ship. She said, Dad, I can't breathe. And he a cab running car. And I tell you, that liked to kill all of us. I bet it did. It liked to kill all of us. But that's just how quick your life can change, you know. We're not guaranteed. Uh, Tomorrow. We're not guaranteed uh, uh, forever more. You know, I try to tell my kids, I said, I've tried to show you how to live. Now I'm going to try to show you how to die if I can. Oh, Miss Iris. <laughs> Goodness oh, Goodness. Well, as we wrap up, I think it'd be pretty special to our listeners if you wouldn't mind reciting a psalm of life. Okay. Tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream, that the soul is dead that slumbers, and life is not what it seems. Life is real. Life is earnest. In the grave, it's not its goal. Dust thou art, to dust returneth, was not written for the soul. Art is long, and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though strong and brave, still like muffled drums are beating, funeral marches to the grave. In this world's great field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb-driven cattle, 
be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, however pleasant. Let the dead past bury the dead. Act, act in the living present, heart within, and God overhead. Lives of great men all remind us we can live our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints in the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another traveling o'er love's, life's troubled sea, some poor shipwrecked brother seeing might take heart again. So let us then be up and doing with a heart for every fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. That's so special. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, goodness. Can't get enough of you. I'm glad you come. I remember this thing, a little teeny riding on that durnable horse. <laughs> a little horse. Seeing that blonde head right yeah, up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I, right. said, I said, you know, I never had really uh, associated with Nobody except the, just the people that went to the church, you know. Is, and I never had really been out in the world, nowhere, you know. I married right out of high school. I graduated in June, married in September. Yes, and ma'am. I, you know, I just, the church was our whole life. Well, when I got on that cattle drive, son, I got an education in a hurry. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, they hit that ball, you know, and uh-huh. thought crazy as run over dogs. <laughs> I said, oh, brother. And I thought one night I woke up and I said, Lord, what in the world am I doing here? What in the world am I doing <laughs> And it was just like this thought just come into my head, you know. A little bit of light's better than no light at all. So man, must have, must have a reason for me to say, Lord, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say be a lady legend for us? Be a lady legend. Yes, yes ma'am. I can do that. <laughs> Thank you. And I will not disappoint you. I might act crazy, but I've got. <laughs> I've still got some sense. You, you still redheaded. I still got some sense. <laughs>